0: We have much to celebrate because he lives. Church, you may have a seat. I just wanted to welcome you to Vertical this morning. My name is Nathan. I'm the lead pastor here, and I met a lot of new families that walked through the doors this morning, and I think for very good reason. Um, Some of you are here because we have a very special guest, preacher, teacher, speaker here with us this morning, Rob Futrell, and Rob has been—love you. Yes, of course. Thank you for being here. Rob has been— Uh, a pastor to me, a spiritual mentor to me for for going on 10 years now. And too too much to share right now, but our stories are so interconnected in such a beautiful way. And I'm glad that he's here this morning. Um, Our staff this week, we took some time to go on a retreat and we were intentionally poured into and we did some development and we got some rest. And I think we came back and our bodies are physically exhausted, but our souls are rejuvenated. And this is also a part of it. So we are excited just as a church and as a staff to, to sit underneath Rob this morning as he preaches. And he's gonna be closing out our series through the Gospel of Mark titled Make Way. And I, I know where you're going this morning and I'm excited for us as a church. So I'm gonna pray for him and for all of us as we get ready to receive God's word this morning. So let's pray church. God, we come before you this morning and we thank you for the work that you've done in our lives. We thank you for the relationship that you offer us because of your sacrifice. And we thank you that our failures and our past mistakes, they don't disqualify us. They actually qualify us for your gospel, and that's good news. And so I pray for our church, for Vertical this morning. God, I pray that you would give us a heart to receive and ears to hear you speaking to us clearly. I pray for Rob this morning as he teaches. I pray for all the hard work and preparation that he's done, that you would use that, that you would multiply his efforts and that we know your word will not return void. And so I pray that you would give him peace as he preaches your word. And I pray that you would move our hearts, that you would convict us, lead us, and guide us into the future that you're calling your church into. And so we just give you this time, this morning, and we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.
1: Thanks so much, Nate, and it is a, a privilege to be with you guys this morning. And good morning, Vertical Church. You guys look great this morning. Glad to see you and glad to be here and a part of this morning. Um, I was uh, seeing a lot of old friends this morning. By old, I mean we've known each other a long time. And uh, it's, it's such a, a privilege. And to make new friends. Uh, this has been a, a, a place where um, my wife, Camandria Right over here, there she is. Um, We've uh, loved worshiping with Vertical Church. Um, It's a place that we come pretty regularly when we're not speaking somewhere and uh, not serving uh, other places. And we've we've just loved getting to know you guys. It was about four years ago uh, we uh, spoke here, and um, Philip Thurman was a good friend. I've I've had the privilege to know your pastors through the years, uh, and to to just um, watch. And see how God has worked here, and to know many of you as you've invested in the work here at Vertical. And uh, Philip invited me to speak, and it was Father's Day. I remember that. In fact, it was really cool. They gave out like Father's Day. Um, where you could open a bottle, uh, bottle openers, you know, that was pretty, uh, I still have my um, my vertical bottle opener. So anyway, that's a whole, whole no, some of you are like, I want one of those. So I don't know, ask them. But, uh, but uh, I, I spoke that day, we were moving, uh, we were moving to California and um, we had packed up the Boxes the day before, and the trucks and all that. And that day we were leaving, uh, driving west after that service. I had torn my bicep in the move. Didn't know exactly what had happened, but it got me out of loading all the boxes. So that was kind of cool. Not really. It was uh, surgery came later and all that. But uh, but uh, I just remember that day. It was I didn't know it was going to be a really significant day in Vertical's life. But I showed up that morning. I was preaching on Isaiah 43:18. 19 uh, passage that God had really used in our lives and it says forget the former things don't dwell on the past see I'm doing a new thing don't you see it it springs up all around you and uh, I I didn't know though when I got here Philip said hey we're going to be making an announcement at the end he said I'm kind of moving into a new role and Ben Derrick is going to be taking a leadership role and I was like wow that's a pretty big day do you want to speak you know that uh, sounded like good like day i didn 't need to be speaking but uh but uh, I, I followed uh, and just seeing how God has worked um, through the years through vertical life bridge or, or originally and then vertical and to see how God continues to move and then to to see how God has brought Nate and Dre here that girl can sing wouldn't you say um, yeah i, I don't uh, she she's a worshipper. Uh, I, I uh, she loves to worship the Lord. Uh, but it's so. I was sitting here listening to her sing about the roaring lion, and I thought, if God ever made somebody to sing, that girl is someone He made to sing. And so, I don't know if Nate can preach very well, but she can sing. And so. Uh, no, Nate Nate can preach pretty well, too, and, uh, and excited to see how God has brought them. And we've enjoyed just being able to hang out with you and to study God's Word, to study Mark's gospel. I've been kind of... Um, I've uh, uh, I've loved this series. I've loved hearing Nate uh, preach, and today we're going to do a bit of a flyby to pull it all together from first to last. And 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 so as we walk through uh, Mark's gospel today, if you if uh, you may want to go back and watch some of the messages, uh, it's been so cool to hear um, this series. Make way to to hear uh, the, the whole work of God in the gospel of Mark, and I. I've been a, a student of John Mark, the guy who wrote this. We see him in Acts. Remember, he's the guy. He was Barnabas' nephew. And he's the guy that um, on the first missionary journey, for some reason, he left. Um, he was with Paul and Barnabas, and, uh, and, and he left. He left and the second missionary journey came back around. And you'll remember that uh, Paul and Barnabas, who had been like, they were a squad. You know, they were like the two of them. Everywhere they go, um, they had been around each other. But Paul and Barnabas had this huge disagreement, and they went different directions over John Mark. Um, Paul... Paul didn't want to take him because he said, "Hey, he let us down when we needed him the most." And Barnabas said, that's ah, okay. I'm an encourager. Remember Barnabas's name? He his, it meant encourager, son of encouragement." And, and he goes, I, "I think we need to give him another shot." And and the disagreement between them was so intense that uh, that that they decided that that uh, Paul would go uh, a different direction. He would take Silas, and John Mark would go with Barnabas, and and. John Mark and Barnabas seemed to go connect with Simon Peter. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, at that time, the church was growing and, and, and the gospel was spreading. And some of it was because of good things happening. Some of it was happening because of persecution that was going on around them. And, and all the, the while, God is using John Mark. Well, the cool thing about John Mark, you bring it full circle. Remember, if he had never been hanging out with Peter... He probably never would have written this gospel. If there hadn't been that moment where Barnabas said, okay, come on, I'll take you. You know, it's like they were picking and and, uh, he was picked last, you know, okay, I'll take you. And then they ended up hanging around Peter and he listens to Peter teach about Jesus and guess what? one of the early church fathers says that Mark's gospel is a compilation of stories and sermons that he heard under Peter that he wrote down for the world to hear. So the first gospel is about someone who was kind of a deserter who failed, but God didn't finish working in his life. And God brought it full circle, and so we have the Gospel of Mark that just so celebrates the the, reality of the Gospel, the redeeming work of God. In fact, the focus of this Gospel, the Gospel according to Mark, from the very first to the very last, it is all about the good news that Jesus has made a way, that he made a way, he is making a way, and he will make a way. That's good news today, isn't it? That he did something in the past, but he's doing something in the present, and we are guaranteed that he's going to do something in the future. And so as we think about this, because Jesus made a way, we need to make way for him to do what he wants to do in our lives. That's why we're here this morning. Last November I had the opportunity to a friend of mine, he said, could you come preach for me? And I said, Where are you these days? He says, We're in Italy. I'm like, yes. I didn't even have to pray about it. I'm like, I'm in. So he said, well, we can't pay you. I said, that's okay. He said, we'll, you'll, we'll let you stay somewhere. So we went to Italy, and it was awesome. And, and uh, he said, just preach on Sundays and then, and then travel uh, during the week. And I was like, well, what would we go see in Italy? You know, we found a few things. And so it was incredible, this uh, opportunity. We preached at an Air Force base kind of town called Aviano. And, and then we went and saw these amazing places. It's not too far from Venice, though. And what I didn't know was Mark, the writer of Mark, uh, uh, John Mark, his bones are buried in Venice. Do you know this? Aren't you glad you came to church today? You found something... And so I was like, I want to go. I didn't know it either, actually. I was kind of like, they were like, you know, there's some famous stuff that happened in Venice, and I was like, I just thought about the boats and the stuff like that, you know, Lady in the Tramp and all that kind of stuff, you know. And, and, uh, and, and so I was thinking, that's pretty cool. But no, they literally, they took his bones and they buried his bones, in, and then they built this huge cathedral around it. In fact, I'm going to just go ahead and show the picture. These guys are are crack, uh, the tech guys. Isn't this cool? Don't you like what they've done with the place? You know, like, uh, that's pretty cool. And his bones are buried in there. Now, one of the cool things is the symbol of Venice is a lion, a winged lion. And, in fact, on here, that's it. And it's the symbol of the gospel of Mark. In Revelation, it says that there were four living creatures gathered around the th- throne giving praise to Jesus. And many people think it was the four evangelists that wrote the four gospels. And Mark's gospel, one of the symbols is a lion. And they said, that is the symbol that we want to talk about, the roaring lion. The symbol of the gospel that roars and says, make way for what God can do in your life, but also soars without limits and goes to wherever that need is known. And that need is sometimes unknown. And so I've just kind of been captivated by Mark's gospel. But today, I don't have time to, to go through all that. So let me just take you through a few thoughts We're going to share in the Lord's Supper in a few moments. But but I want you to just see a few things about the gospel of Mark. And I want you to see a few things about the gospel in your life and in my life. The the, the reality of who Jesus is. From the very beginning of Mark, he says these words. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He says, as it is written... uh, In Isaiah the prophet, behold, I send my messenger, I don't have this uh, memorized, I'm looking at the back screen, just so you'll know, Uh, before your face, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So from the very beginning, Mark goes, look, I want you to know what has been given to me. The gospel of Jesus can make a difference in your life if you will make way for him to do that. Let him do what he can do. And then at the very end of the book, Mark chapter 16, if you get to the very end of the book, uh, Mark 16, yes, it's very exciting. And in and, uh, and, and Mark 16, verse 15, he says, and this, this is Mark's version of the Great Commission. Mark, Matthew later says, uh, he said a little more than that, Mark. Let me take care of that for you. But, but he says in Mark sixteen fifteen, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole Creation. Now, if you read on, it says the stakes are high—that those who believe they'll be saved, and those who don't believe, those who don't receive, don't make way for what the Lord has done. It says they will—they will condemn themselves. And so, there's high stakes going on in the Gospel of Mark. But, but what I want us to really focus on today is the heart of the gospel. I want us to look in Mark chapter 14. And, and we look in verse 12, Mark chapter 14, verse 12, and, and I want you to see that this good news is both an event to be understood, but it's also an experience to be embraced. The gospel of Mark, and more importantly, just the gospel, the event of what Jesus did historically, that he died on a cross, the crucifixion. And then the resurrection, he was placed in a borrowed tomb for three days. And on the third day, he rose again. And when he walked out of that grave, that gospel event guarantees for you and I that it wasn't just something that happened back then. It's an experience that you and I can enter into. The gospel story of what happened with Jesus is what can happen with you and I too. That we're dead in our sins, but we can be made alive through Jesus Christ. Because he walked out of the grave, we have the hope to live a forgiven life, but also the hope of one day being with him eternally. That's the gospel event, right? But what about the experience? What is it that we need to see? Well, I want us to look at uh, just a a, a moment where we see how Jesus made a way for us. Mark 14 really captures that when we're in verse 12. If you have your Bible, uh, grab grab your Bible and let's look at Mark chapter 14, verse 12. And then we're going to look a little bit further on at a couple of passages uh, after that. So Mark 14. I, I'm, I'm getting old, and I, I, I've got these glasses, but they don't have to do the large print. So, And I'm not cool enough to do an iPad. It turns off and on and all kind of stuff. So I know you all are really cool and hip here, but just I got notes. So okay, here we go. Mark 14, verse 22. It says, Jesus said this, As they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to them, and said, take this is my body and he took a cup and when he had given thanks he gave it to them and they all drank of it and he said to them this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many when you came in today in your seat was were the elements uh, for the Lord's Supper. Uh, bread at the top. In a minute we'll, uh, we'll take that. And, and a cup. Pastor Nate will um, come and lead us in that moment. But right now, would you just find that real quick? Just find that? I, I want you to kind of take it for a minute and just, just hold it in your hand for a second. And I want you to, th- to think about what Jesus did for you. Jesus made a way so that you could make way in your life. His body was broken for you. Isn't that good? Isn't it interesting that Jesus chose to be broken so that we could be put back together? Anybody broken in here? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, well, I know some broken people. I saw them at the front, saw them at the back. You know, I <laughs> saw this one at the front. Maybe you're thinking, well, I know some real broken people, and you're looking to the left, you're looking to the right. But you know what? The truth is, the gospel is about my brokenness. It's looking in the mirror and going, Jesus, I need you. His body was broken. His blood was poured out. Now, obviously, this is a symbol of the the crucifixion. The gospel event is the crucifixion. We're going to talk about that. And and then we're going to talk about the resurrection. And then we're going to talk about the mission. So, I I just want to say that his blood, the, the, the blood was a symbol of life. And to pour out your blood was to pour out your life. Jesus literally gave his life force. He died so we could live. Just think about that. Now, Romans, Romans tells us that maybe for a good person, you might consider dying. You know, there, there are a handful of people in this world that I would die for, and that would get real small if the, the odds were really about to, to go, if it was really about to go down, you know. I might be like, well, you know, I mean, he was a good son. I mean, you know, and uh, he knows Jesus, so I mean, you know, let him die. But no, I'm kidding. I'm I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I would die for, anyway, um, you know. But you wouldn't die for everybody, right? But Jesus, he died for us. Wow, wow. Now, before you get too cocky and think, (laughs) of course he did. He loves me, you know. Let's look on at Mark 14, verse 32. It says, Mark 14, verse 32. They went out from that place, and they went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John. And he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. Remember Luke's gospel? He says that he, he, he sweated literally uh, uh, sweat drops of blood. It was an intense time. He was distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and he prayed that if it were possible... The hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, which is that term of endearment, right? Um, it's like saying, Dad, all things are possible for you. And then, and then he says this, remove this cup from me. If there's any way, could, could you just, remember he had just taken the cup, right? We're about to take it in a few minutes. And he says, if there's any way that we could do this that doesn't involve me having to die, could we do it that way? I mean, it's a legitimate request. But then he says, yet not what I will, but what you will. Now in this, in these passages, we see several things. We see Jesus' sacrifice. We see his struggle. He was 100% God, but he was 100% human, right? And and he had to, he learned obedience. The, The book of Hebrews says he learned obedience. But we also see his surrender. And I hope today that you might do the same thing. That I might do the same thing. In light of what Jesus has done, that he is the way that we would make way for him to work in us. When we make way for Jesus, we're going to experience a few things. So let me just share those with you. Um, You guys have one of those countdown clocks. They make me nervous. And a lot of you that know me know I just ignore them. But anyway, um, I know we got to get to the gathering and get some food before other people do. So, you know, we're working on it. But when we make way for Jesus, here are a few things we'll experience. First thing we're going to experience, and we see it right here in this passage, we see necessary endings. The cross wasn't something that happened to Jesus it 's something he surrendered himself to. It's something he submitted himself to experience in fact John 's gospel it gives us a little more colon- uh, not: colon commentary that'd be weird, but uh, color commentary on that he he says uh, he, he, anyway so some of y'all won't remember anything else I say, but uh Glad I said that. But, but what, what, uh, what he tells us is, Jesus says, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down. Wow. See, the gospel event of the crucifixion reminds us that some things and some endings are necessary. And the gospel experience will involve necessary endings in your life. If you're going to make way for King Jesus, remember, both you and him can't be king of your life. I've been hearing that, and since I've been so convicted by that from the preachers at the front, I'm just going to say it again. You and Jesus can't be the king of your life simultaneously. You've got to surrender, right? And there's some things that have to end in your life so things of God can begin in your life. And we get it. Some things are right and wrong. They're just good and evil, and there's some things that we need to put an end to sin. In fact, the, the, the truth of coming to Jesus and receiving him, letting him make way, means sometimes there's some things we have to die to so that Jesus can live in us. In fact, Paul says it. He said, I, I'm crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but the life I live, now I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Some things will have to end. But sometimes it's not just good and evil. It's good and God's best, right? Things that you have to wrestle with and you have to go, "Ah, I could do this. And and there's some of you that God's going to end one thing in your life because he's preparing you for something even better in your life. In those moments, you have to say, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus, I want your will to be done. And so as we look at this, Jesus goes and and he wrestles with that. And he's willing ultimately to submit to the will of the Father. As As you follow Jesus, you'll find yourself coming to the end of yourself. Your ability, your control, your strength, your wisdom, your best insights, but when you get to the end of you, you will find the beginning of what he wants to do. Wow. I could say a lot about that. I read a book a few years ago called Necessary Endings by Henry Cloud. He says these words. He says, getting to the next level always requires ending something, leaving it behind and moving on. Growth itself demands that we move on. Without the ability to end things, people stay stuck, never becoming who they are meant to be, never accomplishing all that their talents and abilities should afford them. Guys, when God speaks into your life and Jesus says, make way for me to do this new thing in you, don't be afraid of the ending that has to come. Embrace it. Yes, you'll struggle with it. Yes, you'll have your own dark night of the soul. Yes, you'll have your moment in your own Gethsemane. You'll have that moment. But if you will open your heart to him, you'll see him work. There's a definition of faith that I heard years ago. It's been almost 30 years ago, and I I, I still remember. I've never really written it down, I don't think, but it it stuck with me. A guy named Ron Dunn, he said this, The life of faith following Jesus is a life of leaving, losing, and letting go in order to gain what God has promised. Necessary endings. But necessary endings lead to new beginnings, Aren't you glad Nate and Dre left Phoenix? They ended something so something new could begin, right? You're sitting on land that was actually purchased when a church that ended in South Jackson said we don't want uh, the end of our church to simply end. We want to take... They sold their building and they took that money and they set it aside. They said, We want it to be invested in a new church that will plant. At that time, nobody knew where it was going to be. Nobody knew who it was going to be. They didn't know what the name was going to be. They didn't know who was going to start it or who was going to lead it. But today, you and I are sitting, we're standing, well, sitting, standing, both, right, on land that came from somebody who said, something has to end, but we want something new to begin. How cool is that? You're stewards You're managers of something that's been invested in you right here. New beginnings. Mark 16, verse 6 and 7. It comes with the crucifixion. The, The necessary ending for Jesus was the crucifixion. And then there was the resurrection. The gospel event is the resurrection. And it was all about new beginnings. God was doing something like he had never done before. And the gospel experience for you and I is all about new beginnings through Jesus. That God can do something new in you. You believe that? I've seen some of you share your testimony and you do believe it because you've seen it, right? Something had to die, but something's been birthed beautifully in you. Scripture says it this way, that the old has gone and the new has come. We are new creations in Jesus New beginnings. Mark 16, 6 and 7. It says, An angel said to them, this is when Jesus uh, they went to the tomb early that morning on Easter, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to the, Gal- to the Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. The angel basically says, hey guys, there's a new beginning. And I love that John Mark includes what Peter taught him. He says, and Peter. You remember Peter? He's the guy that denied Jesus three times. And it was like the angel said, yeah, we know what happened to you, Peter. And there's going to be a special news flash for you, Peter, that he is waiting for you too. Have you ever thought you were disqualified? There's a room full of people in here, and, 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 and there's a handful of you, of you, if not more, that you really thought because something that happened in your life, you were disqualified from, from being able to be used by God. Well, I'm here to tell you today that often it is through the things that are hardest in your life that God doesn't disqualify you. He actually qualifies you for how he is going to hold you up, not to say, look how good you are, or not how good I am, but to say, look how good he is. Not, not how powerful we are, but how powerful the gospel is on display in our lives. Go tell Peter, the disciples, and Peter, maybe today, your name. And when we begin to see that there are necessary endings that lead to new beginnings, all of a sudden the gospel experience reminds us that there are never-ending possibilities in Jesus. That if you walk with Jesus, and you take him at his word, and you follow him, and you sign up, there are incredible things. Mark had no idea, John Mark had no idea that, you know, people would actually want to steal his bones. He lived in Alexandria, Egypt, and they moved him all the way to Venice because they wanted his bones to be there. And he wasn't nothing. In fact, some people think in Mark's gospel that he was this cameo experience in Mark, uh Mark. Well, let's just skip on. Let's look at Mark fourteen fifty one. It's it's after it's it's uh, after the Lord's Supper, right? And and Jesus three times had struggled not your not my will but yours be done. I mean, not, yes, that's right. Not not my will but yours be done, Lord. And and then it says they came and arrested Jesus. And then Mark fourteen fifty one. Mark's the only gospel writer who includes this little tidbit, and it says this. And a young man followed him. With nothing but a linen cloth about his body, and they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. Some of you are like, I didn't know that verse was in the Bible. Isn't that an interesting verse? And if if Mark didn't tell us about this young man, (laughs) this naked young man, we wouldn't know about him. Why? And many people say. Because this was Mark. And that he was the guy who was kind of like a spectator. He was kind of like going, what is this all about? He was probably a very young teenager when Jesus was in Jerusalem during this time. Many people say it was Mark's uh, Mark's family uh, that that, uh, was a part of the original 70 disciples, the 12 disciples and then the 70. He, He was around it. He he knew about it. He was hearing about it. And and he was like he was like hiding in the shadows watching it. But some people say it's like Michelangelo, you know, painting his face into a picture. It was Mark's way of saying, I was in the backdrop. Now, we don't know exactly. We'll find Mark in heaven, and, uh, and somebody's saying, I don't buy that. You know that, uh, but, uh, but, but Mark, uh, we're going to find him in heaven and say, John Mark, was that you? And, and he'll either say, yeah, that was me, or he'll go, no, I just thought that was an interesting little part of the story. I don't know exactly. But here's what I think. I think it was John Mark that was writing this, and he basically says, I know everything that you've heard about me, that I was a deserter. And, and I was stripped of any dignity. I ran away when I should have come close. But he said, I want you to know something. That even people like me are candidates to experience the gospel. Even people like me, there are never-ending possibilities. Mark ended up being the guy who would take the gospel. He was the first church planter in Africa. He started the first church in Africa. Some people say that he traveled across the, the sea there to Venice. That's why Venice, they said that he came to that part of the world for a short period of missionary journey. And, uh, and, and while he was there, that the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, your bones are going to rest in this place. I don't know if that happened or not, but it's interesting to think about. But here's what I want you to think about. Could it be that the person that you think is disqualified in you is actually the person that God is going to use in so many powerful ways. I ask you to hold that that, uh, bread and cup in your hands a moment ago. I want you to find it again. And I want you just to see that you're holding in your hands the story of the gospel event. And it's like a key that can unlock some things in your own heart and life. Many of you, you're believers, and so you're going to take that in a few minutes and you're going to do what Jesus said. This is in remembrance of me. This is to remember what I've done for you. The event, the, the, the gospel event of the crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus. And I pray that as you hold that, I, I want you to think about What are there some necessary endings in your life? Are some things that need to end? Are some things that you just maybe need to bring and put it, maybe it's your shame, maybe it's guilt, maybe it's frustration. Maybe there's some, some things in your life that you know they're character issues that you just need to let go of. You need to, to, to let it die. You don't need to manage your sin. You just need to let it die with Jesus. Maybe it's anger or maybe a negative attitude. Or maybe judgmental spirit. And today as you take that, know that because Jesus did what he did, because he is the way, he will make a way for that necessary ending to come in that area of your life. Maybe today as you hold that, there's a new beginning that he needs to remind you of too. Maybe you you haven't walked with him in a while. Maybe there aren't new things he's doing. And you just need to open your heart and your life and say, Jesus, what do you want to do new in me? Maybe today that's why God brought you here. What does Jesus want to do new in you? And what are the possibilities ahead? Who knows? But I know that when Jesus meets us, there's always a fresh opportunity to see him do cool things. I want to just invite you, uh, to, to, if you're not a believer, in a minute, um, we're not excluding you, but the people who are participating in that Lord's Supper are, are doing so not because they're better than you, it's simply because they have said, I believe this, I trust what Jesus has done. And, and, and I want to just say up front, if you're not a believer, but today you're like, I, you know, I want to put my trust in Jesus, you today can simply, in a moment, we're going to have a, a moment of prayer, you could pray and say, Jesus, I want to receive what you've done for me. I, I, I want your body that was broken to, to put me back together. I, I want your blood that was shed to, to forgive me, to, to cover over me, to wash my sins away. And in a moment, we would love for you to participate as well. It may be today, though, that you're not ready to take that step. J- just take that packet, the bread, the, the cup that symbolized Jesus' sacrifice and love for you. Take it with you. Maybe the next 30 days, just every day. Maybe you're not even sure if you believe in all this. Just, just to, to keep it somewhere you'll see it. And every day for 30 days say, Jesus, if you're real, would you show me? He, he can handle that. And it might just be that there's something that ends in your life, maybe a season of skepticism, and something begins in your life, a moment of faith, to experience all that God has. So now, how can you make room to do to let Jesus do what he wants to do in you today. What is it that he wants to do? In a moment, Pastor Nate's gonna come out and I think he's he's is he still here? He didn't leave. He's still here? Come on, Nate. I was thinking about Nate uh this morning. Um uh I just kind of got to know him nothing's random in the kingdom of God right and uh and I just think about um getting to meet his brother and then meet him and um I didn't know him super well and he came and served a little while and then he moved to Arizona who would move to Arizona you know so uh moved out there and uh we called him one day and I was like hey Nate we're coming and uh, we had a few hours, and he was like, let's go see the Grand Canyon. I'd never been to the Grand Canyon. I want to see the Grand Canyon with this guy. First time in my life. I, I, I wanted to go see it with my wife, and I'm with Nate, you know. So, uh, but, but I'll never forget that. And then, uh, then we got uh, to stand beside the Sea of Galilee. Um, that's such a special place, a place Jesus met people.
0: We have a photo of that, too, of us at the Sea okay. of Galilee.
1: Oh, that's, that's so cool.
0: Rob was mentoring two young guys from California, and he said, wait, let me turn my hat around so I can have some Cali swag like you guys. That's right.
1: <laughs> that's right. It didn't work, but I tried. I tried. But, but I think about the, the opportunities that God has given that I never could have imagined. And um, Nate, today to be here to, to just get to tell you how proud I
0: am of you. It's a lot. Means a lot.
1: And what God has in store for you, this church, this community, there are a lot of great churches in this community. A lot of places God's at work, but this is a place that God's at work. Amen. Amen. And I'm thankful for you. Amen. And I pray God's blessing on you. Thank you. And that He uses you in ways that you may say, you yeah, don't measure up to that. He'll make you, He'll make you worthy, right? Amen. None of us are worthy. This gospel is not about how good we are. It's about how good He is. Amen. And I just pray good things for you. Yeah. I pray you roar like the lion and make way for the gospel. And I pray that the gospel soars through you and this church family. Yeah. I uh, thank you.
0: I thank you, Rob. Can we give Rob, please, just our love and our appreciation? Um, I remember we were sitting at a SEND conference in 2015, and it was the Southern Baptist SEND conference, and it was all about living life on mission. And I remember a guy by the name of David Platt, I think was speaking, and I saw Rob just ferociously taking notes. And he was like 15 sections down from me and my brother in the arena. And it was a text message that he was formulating, and it came through to my brother and I both, and it said, I will do whatever I have to to make sure that you two step into the future that God has planned for you. And throughout all the years, I'm just reminded that there's people that have remembered me and they've not forgotten me. And as we even take communion together, I'm reminded of even the times that I would travel overseas to places that have it a lot harder than we do in America. And every time I would go, they would say, do you remember me? Do you remember me? And I would say, of course I remember you. And I even got in a conversation with with a couple of them. They said, how come every time you come, you don't bring stuff like other people? And they were kind of upset. And I said, hey, I know this is hard to understand and it's probably pretty offensive, but I don't have as much money as you'd think living in America. And I said, the one best thing that I know that I can bring is myself in a relationship. And they both nodded their head and they said, we like that, we like that. And I'm reminded too of the thief on the cross and I'm reminded that he looked to Jesus and he said, remember me, remember me. And when we remember someone, we remind them that they're loved and that they're not forgotten. And I'm here to remind all of us that God remembers us. And that's the whole point of this. He remembers us. And in doing so, he calls us to remember him. And he says, remember me when you take of this bread and you eat it and drink of this cup, remember me. And when we remember, this is what we do, we literally take from the past and we make it alive in the present. That's what we do when we remember. And so when we take this, and we're gonna take this together right now, we're gonna take from the past and we're gonna go ahead and open this and we're gonna remember Jesus's body and the fact that he didn't forget us And he says, remember my body that was broken. And if you feel broken and you feel tired and you feel run down and you feel exhausted, I want you to be reminded that there is a power at work within you that is making a way. Remember my body that was broken so that you would be made whole. Let's go ahead and take and receive this together. then he said take this cup and he said drink from it and there was something very peculiar that happened at that last supper if you know anything about the Israelites you know that they had come from Egypt and just before they had left Egypt there was a the final plague that had happened and it was the killing of the firstborn son. And in order to be saved, you had to sacrifice the unblemished lamb and you had to wipe the blood above the doorpost and God would pass over, the angel of death would pass over your household. And so every year the Israelites celebrated the Passover, there would always be a lamb at that Seder meal is what it was called. And it was a reminder that there would always need to be a sacrifice and that we would look back and we would remember the way that God delivered us and that we would look forward to the way that he would deliver us again. But here's the thing, at the Last Supper, there was no lamb that was present. The lamb wasn't on the table. The lamb was sitting around the table and what Jesus was reminding them is that they would not have to bring their sacrifice again anymore, that he would be the ultimate sacrifice. And so for anybody in the room today, as we take of this cup and we remember his blood that was spilled, I want to remind you that we no longer have to fear death. That this pouring out of Jesus's life, it gives us eternal life. And we have new life that starts here, but it doesn't end now. And we don't have to fear death any longer because of what Jesus has done. And so as we take up this cup and we receive, let us remember his blood that was spilled and shed on the cross so that we could have not just new life, but eternal life. Let's take that together. Let's pray. God, we come before you right now and we're overwhelmed. We are overwhelmed by the way that you love us, God. We are overwhelmed by your sacrifice. We are overwhelmed in this present moment by the goodness of your gospel. We refuse to be overwhelmed by our past mistakes or our failures, but we choose to be overwhelmed by your love and your goodness and your gospel that covers over every sin. God, right now I pray that you would make a way in our hearts. that you would help us to make room for your presence and your spirit to remind us of how loved we truly are. That you remember us, that you long to know us, and the best thing in the world that you could ever give us is yourself. It's a relationship. And so you are taking us from our past, from maybe our religious background from our place of earning and striving our place of beating ourselves up and you're taking us from religion and you're taking us to relationship help us to fall deeper in love with you one another your church and to go out and share that experience with a world that so desperately needs it but right now we pray that you would Make room in our hearts for us to experience you in this moment, God, and we are overwhelmed with your goodness and your gospel that changes everything. Let us worship together one more time via song. Amen.